unprecedented legal action has been taken against nurses at the Hobart Clinic who are being bullied into silence for wanting to wear badges to raise awareness of the dire working conditions they are currently facing. However, in an amazing turn of events, former Hobart Clinic patients are speaking up where the staff can't. But the nurses were very, very supportive and without their support, I don't think I would be around possibly today. The CEO needs to go. They're just being utterly disrespected and demoralised. It's devastating. I just can't believe that they're not even getting paid as much as the nurses at the Royal Hobart. That is beyond ridiculous. The problem's just getting bigger, not smaller, and yet everything that you need is becoming smaller and the problem's getting bigger, so work it out. Physically on the outside I look fine. I just said to the (laughs) nurses, look, I'll get going because there's people here need you more than I do, and she said, no, you're broken in another way. And um, on the Monday, I was in the clinic. It's the best thing I've ever done. Please, just give them what they deserve. They deserve a pay rise. Please help us have a voice for those nurses and the thousands of people that are in desperate need of mental health care in this state. You can share this story, sign the petition on the Haksu Facebook page. The stories you are about to hear, they're raw and they're honest they're unfiltered and unedited. It might be difficult to hear. So if you find anything triggering, please do what I have done and call Lifeline on 13 11 14. I'm Esther Nichols and this is a podcast series for Haksu, our health and community services union, currently fighting for our nurses at the Hobart Clinic. Madison, we've spoken before. When I was on radio, you came in and it was over the St Helens closure of their mental health facility there and the baby mother unit. Mm -hmm. And that was incredibly distressing for you and so many people. Yeah, absolutely. I went through a bit of a crisis towards the end of um, 2022. And as we know, St Helens and Hobart Clinic, they were really the only places you could go for sort of long-term recovery help and went to seek help 2023 at St. Helens. And whilst I was in there, they announced they were closing, closing up shop. It was absolutely devastating. I know everybody in there, the patients, the staff, they were heartbroken that such a vital service was closing. Um, And it made me angry. You know, Tasmania is already so underfunded with mental health and they're closing their doors. It now leaves the Hobart Clinic as the only place. So you were diagnosed with Bipolar and borderline personality disorder. And already you're trying to, I'm guessing, deal with a diagnosis like that mm. and then you're being told, but there's not going to be support here. I mean, yeah. how has it changed your life, one, knowing that? Like, did you feel as though there was something wrong for a while? Or? Oh, yeah, since I was about 15, um, started seeing different psychologists, everything, no one just didn't know what was going on and didn't get a diagnosis until 2020 and brought a lot of clarity have that understanding it was overwhelming but I felt pretty confident though that I could seek services in Tasmania and when I decided that I was it's a bit of a rude awakening to realize actually it's quite difficult we're very limited here and to go I went to the Hobart Clinic first after I was diagnosed right yeah Yeah, okay so it was the very first place I went and it was after a quick stay in the Royal short stay unit went to Hobart Clinic and 
to get into the Hobart Clinic in the first place was about a three-month wait. So it was in crisis and then had to wait three months and try and slog through that. And I think just that already speaks volumes about how underserviced we are. But to go into the Hobart Clinic and to be as distressed as I was and have the staff there just be they were unbelievable. They were unreal. They made me feel so safe. And my God, the things I was throwing at them, I was a mess. <laughs> it was yeah. a disaster. I would not have been able to handle me. So it's very impressive work what they do. And to hear that the staff there aren't in a, you know, they're not being paid adequately. They're not in a supportive work environment. How are they supposed to be taking care of us and out and the patients to their fullest ability when they're not given the correct tools to really do it? It's, yeah, it is absolutely heartbreaking. And you're trying to understand this diagnosis. I've been in the Hobart Clinic as well. I was there mm. for five weeks. And I know when I got my diagnosis of panic disorder and PTSD, I felt relief. I knew it was going to be hard work. Yeah. But I finally knew and understood that this wasn't just in my head yeah. and that I didn't have to live life like this mm-hmm. and the way I had been mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. So St Helens closes and you were also doing outpatient and, and a lot of people may not know about the outpatient groups but they're brilliant yeah. top-ups. Oh, they are incredible. It's one of the most important services I think that the private clinics offer is those day programs because so many people forget that mental health recovery and mental illness recovery, it's about consistency. Mm. I think we often fall into the trap of like feeling good and then you're like, oh, I feel pretty good, don't need to see my psychologist as often, don't need to do the work. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. And then crisis hits and you're like, oh, where have all my tools gone, you know, and you're not able to cope. And so these day programs, I was going once a week, it just maintained um, my ability to use those tools and I was so stable through doing that. So lost that at St Helens and then to get into anything at the Hobart Clinic after St Helens closed, the Hobart Clinic was just inundated with patients because obviously that was now the last place to go. So my wait time for the day program there was eight months to get in. Yeah. For a day program. For a day program. And some of these only go for an hour or two. Literally an hour once a week. Yeah. And there was an eight-month wait because of St. Helens closing. And that forced me to look outside of Tasmania for Did help. it? Yeah, so, I actually went up to Queensland. Wow. So you went mm-hmm. up and you stayed at a, a clinic there? Yeah, for five weeks. Yeah, I went up to Corumban Clinic on the Gold Coast. And it was that was incredible. It honestly saved my life. It was a um, phenomenal place to go, but I feel so lucky and privileged to be able to have the means to travel interstate. Not many people are in that position, and if I was left eight months without any help, it would have been, like, threatening to my life, like, dangerous, and that's really, really scary. So I feel very fortunate to, to get up there, but, yeah, it was a long way. And that's the seriousness <laughs> of this, though, because these clinics are saving people's lives, and if you don't struggle with mental health... That's okay, but you don't know if or when you will in the future or I can guarantee you someone you know, someone you love, someone you do not want to lose that would destroy your life if you lost to mental health, they are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And it is saving lives Mm -hmm. and we can't put a dollar amount on that. No, not at all. Like when I went to the Hobart Clinic, the peace of mind that my family and my husband had, knowing that I was safe, Mm -hmm. that I had professional help, the nurses were checking on me every hour, coming in, talking to me, helping me calm down. Like it took so much pressure off my support network and they were able to, you know, fit their oxygen mask before fitting others, you know, recover a little bit. And that's just, that's invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. Well, when I was in the Hobart Clinic, 
it, it changed my entire life. I, w- I know I wouldn't be here doing this. Mm. I'd either, if I was still here, I'd probably be still struggling to get out of bed. Mm. And I know for my family that they finally feel like they've got their sister back. Okay. Have you stayed in the Hobart Clinic since? Yeah, I have actually. End of last year, December. So when I was up in the Gold Coast, I got TMS, transmagnetic stimulation treatment, for 30 days. And it was, it's been one of the only things that has worked for me, which is incredible. It's so relieving to find something that helps and works. But um, for often the first year after you get TMS, it's really, it's common to get top-up sessions. Mm. So you might need to go into hospital again to get, you know, five sessions or so. So I went back into the Hobart Clinic to get those five sessions. And Yet again, I'm sort of facing, okay, do I go back into the Hobart Clinic? Can I can I get in for my mm. treatments? Or do I have to now fly up again for five days to get my treatment? Like, it's so touch and go. Don't know what's going to happen. And that's in and of itself, that lack of stability is so stressful. It's so scary. And not really sure what to do just yet. What did you find when you were in there, though? Did you see a difference from when you were there before you went to St Helens and then back there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a big a big shift. There were a couple of programs that weren't actually running with staffing, you know, problems. And, um, I, yeah, you can tell it's struggling. It's absolutely struggling. The last time I was in Hobart Clinic, a uh, nurse came in to do my discharge care plan and I, I was like, I've been in here three times. <laughs> I've never had one of these before. And he, um, he told me that the Hobart Clinic a few months prior was fined because they weren't doing any discharge or care plans for their patients. And if they were, it was there was no referral system. Madison, we were sent an email, anonymous, and it, sh- it has a discharge plan. We should put that up on the socials. It actually says support person, none. Follow-up appointments, none. I can't believe they haven't been doing them. And this particular patient was really struggling and said, I'm not ready to go, and they were discharged, even though there were beds available. It's even when you try to advocate for yourself, when Mm. you try to advocate for your own care, there's so much pushback in the mental health care industry. Yeah. It's just there's not enough support. How do you feel when you hear that the nurses in the clinic, one that, from my understanding, they're lucky to find a psychiatrist now, Mm -hmm. which is pivotal being in there, because they set the treatment, they understand what you don't about your own brain. Very important. Very. <laughs> and everyone in there that, that does their job, from the cleaners to the cooks to the facilitators to the psychologists, very important. How do you feel knowing that those nurses have been silenced and the only thing they're asking for was to be paid the same as the nurses at the Royal, which is already subpar, and double time on Sundays? How does that make you oh. feel to know that lawyers have been brought out They've been silenced over wanting to wear badges. It's disgusting. makes me feel sick that we're treating the people who help so many this way and the fact that they're not even allowed to ask for what they deserve, for what they need, you know, it it doesn't just affect them. That's what I think so many people don't get. It doesn't just affect them. It affects everyone that the Hobart Clinic helps and we can't expect them to be taking care of us and everyone who needs it when they're being treated this way. I think that the Hobart Clinic, they have a responsibility as the last remaining clinic in southern Tasmania to up their game, to take care of their staff. And they're not. It's, you know, the fact that they've hired lawyers, it's just just about money. Mm. It's not about the care of the patients. It's about money. And that's just, it's not okay. And it's devaluing, I could only imagine, if you're a nurse at that clinic. Mm. It must be so devaluing, which is why I think it's so important that patients and ex-patients are speaking up 
because we need them to know how valued they are. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, the stuff I was throwing at the nurses when, <laughs> when I first went in there, I was a mess. Like, you know, the, the things that they, they dealt with with me was so difficult and the work that they did was so taxing and they just need to be paid what they deserve yeah. for such difficult work and it's such important work. And, yeah, we're not valuing that. I wonder is sometimes if there's still just not an importance placed on mental health as though it is in your head yeah. rather than it is an illness mm. like you would treat anything else in your body if you had a broken wrist, if you had mm. heart disease, if your liver wasn't functioning, if your brain's not working the way that it should be, mm. we all should have access to have that fixed. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, broken wrist. You, if you break your wrist, you know in Tasmania you can go to any nearby hospital doctor, yeah. you'll get a cast, you'll get checkup appointments, fine. You might be ramped for a couple of days <laughs> yeah. in the ambulances, but, yeah, you will. You'll get help yeah. and you know where to turn. But as if you're, you know, affected by mental illness in Tasmania, okay, what next? Where do I go? Do you have any message for anyone out there that's struggling? I know that you've struggled and it must be daunting still. Yeah. Like you said, you don't know where you're going to go next. No, I don't. I, I definitely have hope, absolutely. I mean, the fact that we have so many people, patients speaking out, mm. telling their story, that is such an important story there's such important stories to tell and that brings a sense of community and says to so many people that you're not alone that no matter what happens with the Hobart Clinic you're not alone there is such a widespread community and support network for everyone dealing with mental illness it's just about speaking out using your voice banding together banding together and showing them that like do better just do better and I, I truly believe that we talk out enough and speak up then yeah they they have to listen yeah they really do I think we're a little bit too late with St Helens unfortunately (laughs) we've got time with the Hobart Clinic as you said we're all joining together like I've seen the forces I don't work for Axel but I've seen them fired up here I've seen they're they're bringing in lawyers Mm. they're going to hit this at everything that they have and I love that and that's the message I really I want to get out there as well is no one is alone I know what it's like and you know what it's like when you feel like no one understands and you're totally alone Mm -hmm. you're not no there are people fighting there are I mean let's not stop at the pay we need to you know let's actually give the nurses the tools and the facilities to do their job to their fullest ability because they are talented incredible people we're not giving them the right facilities the right tools it's so underfunded yeah Tasmania in itself needs to do better how do you maintain hope what's it like living with you know a diagnosis like bipolar and borderline personality disorder I a few months ago when I was up in Queensland at the clinic there, I had a bit of a realisation that this is actually for life, bipolar, mm-hmm. and that crushed me a fair bit. It, I, I really lost hope there for a while because for so long I just kept thinking to myself, just do better, work harder, work harder, work harder, you'll get better. And I, I have gotten better in terms of my depressive episodes and my manic episodes are shorter, they're more manageable, but they're still going to come no matter what. No matter what I do, they're still going to happen. And it was having that realisation that first of all crushed me, but then moving forward and realising, you know what, as long as I just keep doing the little things every day, it makes a difference. Mm. It's not about getting rid of it entirely. Mental illness isn't, you know, it's so highly stigmatised, but it's not something that has to ruin your life. It may be with you forever, but it doesn't have to destroy your life. There are, there are services out there that we need to keep open. 
there are still services out there to help and it's, it's just day by day. So your message to anyone out there that is struggling to get into the mental health services? I just think don't be scared to reach out. It doesn't have to be to, you know, a professional service, but if you're starting to feel something, just reach out. Yeah. A friend, a colleague, a family member, anyone, call Lifeline, anything, oh, you life, know. Lifeline, I called them yeah. so many times I should have had a gold membership card. <laughs> and I'm lucky yeah. enough to be an ambassador for them now, but mm. 13, 11, 14, that's the number. Mm. They have incredible services mm. that will hear you out, no judgement. Yeah. My only regret is that I didn't call them probably sooner. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. Any message to the Hobart Clinic board, CEO, because they're saying that the nurses wearing a badge might tip the patients over the oh, edge? <laughs> that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. If anything, <laughs> if anything, every single patient in there is so supportive of what the yeah. nurses are asking for. My only message is do better. Yeah. And that's saying it as politely as I can right now. I better wish than I me. Could I would have said just... Just <laughs> do better, yeah. honestly. Keep up to date with this campaign and everything else Haksu is doing on the socials. That's where you'll also find the petition to help support our nurses and everything they do for those struggling with mental health.